0: This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. Broadcasting from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people, I'm Bárbara Ramírez. Race Forward is a non-profit racial justice organization with roots in Oakland that was founded in 1981. In partnership with communities, organizations, and sectors, Race Forward builds strategies to advance racial justice in policies, institutions, and culture. They also publish the daily news site Color Lines and present Facing Race, the country's largest multiracial conference on racial justice. Tonight, we dedicate this hour of radio to Race Forward and the upcoming hashtag Race End, our present or future intergenerational conference. A virtual event that is taking place in partnership with the Funders Collaborative on Youth Organizing on Saturday, September 25th. This evening, Tiff Joy, the conferences and convenings associate at Race Forward will tell us more about their trajectory as an organizer and will give us the details about the hashtag or our present or future conference. Generation Justice is on the Race National Host Committee, an organizing committee made up of youth organizing and advocacy groups from all around the country. The host committee has met virtually this summer to share ideas and plan for the hashtag RaceEnd, our present or future intergenerational conference. DJ Media Justice intern Diana Ramirez is part of this host committee, so we bring you an episode from Momentum, a Race Forward podcast where Hiba Elias interviews Diana Ramirez about her experience in the host committee and more. And 13 year old DJ Media Justice intern Sabiana Moya. Speaks with our very own Elisha Cage, a 17 year old who is also on the hashtag and our present, our future host committee, about his experience as part of the committee and the importance of youth voices. Our first song of the program is about youth. Here is The Kids Are All Right by Chloe and Haley. In partnership with communities, organizations, and sectors, Race Forward builds strategies to advance racial justice in policies, institutions, and culture. The hashtag End, our present or future intergenerational conference is taking place in partnership with the Funders Collaborative on Youth Organizing on Saturday, September 25th. We now bring you a conversation with Tiff Joy. The Conferences and Convenings Associate at Race Forward, who will tell us everything about the conference. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Tif Joy, the Conferences and Convenings Associate at Race Forward, a nonprofit racial justice organization with roots in Oakland. Tif, welcome to Generation Justice. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, please tell us more about yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Sif Joy. I use she pronouns. Um, I was born and raised in the South Bronx, uh, grew up in racial justice uh, organizing and social justice work as a youth organizer. And now I'm at Race Forward um, supporting in our conference and convenings department and really excited to be producing a brand new intergenerational event this year.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, we are so excited to have you here today, Tif. Can you talk more about Race Forward, its mission, and the core values you operate from in the organization? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so Race Forward, we uh, this year we're celebrating 40 years of catalyzing movement building um, for racial justice. We imagine a just and multiracial democracy society free from oppression and exploitation. Um, Our core values uh, stem from racial justice. Uh, We believe in multiracial democracy, liberation, and solidarity amongst all people. And uh, we're also the home of the Government Alliance for Racial Equity and publish
0: a daily news site called Color Lines. Thank you for sharing more about Race Forward. Tiff, what brought you to racial justice work and what about this work feeds your soul? Oh, that's a great question. Um, So
1: uh, real talk, uh, I grew up in um, the projects known as Bronx River Projects in um, an area of the South Bronx uh, that was coined the Toxic Triangle. We were closed in by four major highways in our neighborhood and had the highest asthma capital of the of the united states at one point in the 90s um i grew up uh several blocks away from where amadou diallo was shot back in 1999 uh and that really stimulated a need for movement i entered into um social justice work accidentally as a young person who was trying to escape from being home and through um Being recruited as a youth organizer by the age of 12, I was able to to just learn how systemic oppression kind of played a role in what I was experiencing in my household. So I really uh, took a huge nose dive deep into the world of social justice and in many, many ways feel raised by the youth organizers who brought me into the work. So I can't remember a time in which um, restored racial justice and wasn't a center just to the, to everything that I was doing, right? Whether it was talking about environmental racism, talking about education reform or police brutality and how it was showing up in our neighborhoods, um, it all kind of came back down to racism. It all came back down to, it's because I am a brown young person growing up in a low income community in the Bronx that I'm experiencing certain experiences that people who grew up in wealthier or whiter neighborhoods just weren't. Um, and I just grew up with that reality and. Um, working to change it in every way
0: I can. That's amazing. So you were recruited when you were 12 and you started organizing then?
1: Yeah. Um, so the orga- uh, the organization that uh, birthed me when I was a young person, um, they started <laughs> off doing arts for activism, activism work. So the way that that played out is a bunch of us middle schoolers were Um, doing guerrilla street theater in our neighborhood. So they would, through teaching us how to um, put together that performance, we were also learning about the issues in which we were, that we were then producing an art project on. So we would go into the middle of a crowded park or um, sometimes even on the subway trains and just break out into into, um, random role play talking about the history of, of the community. So that's what brought me in. And then the learning about the thing is what kept me.
0: That's so amazing and impressive. How would you define or help explain the moment we are living in as it relates to the importance of racial justice?
1: Ooh, heavy. Um, right now we are in turbulent times. Right. I think um, we in turbulence is not always a bad thing, but it does suggest that we are still in a place of finding um, a healthy vibration. Right. Um, The pandemic, along with our uh, most more recent administration that has just left us um, really created a toxic environment for in which black and indigenous people of color have to exist right when it came to resources when it came to um, support that folks were getting um, by you know needing to stay home we saw the effects of that and we saw the effects of um, people being angry uh, at police uh, misconduct we started seeing people um, grow angry um, at the circumstances that they were being handed by systemic oppression so with that right like that comes turbulence those realities it comes turbulence when folks are reacting from a place of pain but on the other end right of that turbulence is smooth sailing right like that's it's it's because we're in a place of agitation of the norm we're in a place of um instead of trying to to reform systems we're actually trying to form revolutions um and for those reasons it's just uh our political climate is going through some necessary changes, right? Like we have folks who are thinking differently about strategies um, in working with different systemic agencies, whether that's police departments, education departments, medical institutions. Um, we're seeing, um, as some folks are calling it, we're seeing a mass awakening amongst people, right? And, I, and when I say awakening, I don't necessarily mean hashtag woke culture. I mean, um, spiritually, Right. Like we're seeing folks who um, who are just coming to a place of understanding self, whether that's gender identity, whether that's spiritual identity. Um, so I think that the, this year, last year and this year and probably the next couple of years to come, we're going to see a lot of radical change very quickly because there is um, it that that's literally the phase of change that we're in right now.
0: I love the way you explained it, even though there's a lot of turbulence, there's also a lot of progress happening in terms of racial justice. And like, there's, there are great things happening as, as we grieve.
1: Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm glad that you use the word grief, right? Because that's what it is, right? I feel like what we've been experiencing over the past two years are the stages of grief, right? Like we're seeing, and folks are, one, there's the, the literal grief for people who have lost people due to the pand- um, due to co- the coronavirus right um, we're also seeing grief at um, folks witnessing black and brown bodies be murdered on camera and not see justice we're experiencing grief for uh, just a time that existed pre-pandemic right and knowing that like this new normal is something that folks are psychologically personally emotionally still learning to, to have exist in this in this place Um, And also a grief of, and I say, and I think this is more of a grief of people on the far right, right? Like a grief for them of losing that power, right? Like like I think um, power comes from either organized people or organized money. And historically speaking, we've seen the organized money um, take advantage of the people. And now we're seeing um, the people take their power in the way that we probably always should have had it.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Tell us about the Our Present, Our Future Summit, and why is this important for your organization to have a youth-focused summit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the hashtag Race and Our
1: Present, Our Future Conference um, is really us doing our due diligence, right? Like we do racial justice work. Nationally, right? But we also know that young people um, do and have always been at the forefront of racial justice movements. Um, It's important that we use our power to highlight and elevate the incredible work that's being done on the ground at all intersections. Um, As we continue to grow and think about the future of racial justice and building racial equity work, there's just no way to, to, to do that without including the voices of the young people who are really sh- making those shifts, right? Like we saw it with uh, the 2020 uprisings most recently that because young people were taking to the streets and because young people were being active, we saw a massive amount of change specifically around defunding the police. We saw schools um, and contracts with police departments, right? And none of the, those are things that folks had been hoping and wishing for, for some time. And it was young people who were able to to make those things
0: happen. That's amazing. Thank you. So what have you learned in this time of leading this youth effort for Race Forward?
1: I think I've learned patience. I think um, not all spaces, organizations, institutions are in a place to understand the impacts that young people make in this movement. Um, I am honored that Race Forward has been elated and excited and has has identified that this has been a long-term goal of theirs to bring in this intergenerational model or not really a model, but uh, this intergenerational approach to bringing folks together. Um, But folks who have not known Race Forward to do this work are definitely, um, one, they're like questioning, right? They're like, okay, explain explain yourself. What are you doing? Um, and I think on my part, the, way, the reason that it takes patience is, for me, I'm like, oh, duh, young people are at the center of everything that we do. But for people who aren't necessarily in that world or don't engage with young people regularly, um, there are biases that come with that so it's a lot of pushing back on on biases around young people it's a lot of advocating for young people in spaces that um, young people aren't traditionally in and saying hey we need to create um, seats at the table that incorporate these voices we talk about access to, to learning and access to opportunities and i think we can't have um, inclusion unless we're including folks of all age groups
0: Thank you, Tiff. And I love how you said that there's an intergenerational approach. Yeah, absolutely. I think
1: intergenerational um, dialogues are very important. Um, In 2007, uh, there was a community led intergenerational conversation um, where folks were asked to respond to community prompt like questions involving the community based on the generation they represented. Right, and they it, the conversation was extremely powerful because they intention. We had folks who were elders who were given the question like, "Okay, so why is it important to listen to elders?" Right, and then the young people had to sit there and be like, "Okay, I hear you, that makes sense." And here's you know, and here's my pushback. Right, here's how I've experienced ageism. Here's how. Here's where I feel like folks don't listen to my voice. Um, and stepping away from conversations like that. Um, you always leave with people understanding the other group a little bit more, right? Um, And also understanding the value in that joint experience, understanding the value in shared um, perspectives and even the value in having difference of opinion, right? Like you start to see like how, um, when you put folks of different age groups in a room uh, with a shared vision or a shared goal or a shared objective, I think you start to see different strategies um, kind of come out to play. And it's in the, in the magic mix or the magic cocktail of all of those strategies where we see uh, really impactful change.
0: Absolutely. So why should youth and youth allies attend uh, the our present, our future summit on September 25th?
1: Yeah, um, everyone should be should be with us on September 25th. Um because this is going to be where we'll, during our main stage conversation, we'll be talking about all of the intersections that we're seeing um, from the lens of environmental justice and climate change and how in the role that young people have been playing in that. In our breakout sessions, we're going to have space for decision makers to listen in on suggestions coming directly from young people, right, that impact the work that they're doing. Um, we're going to see opportunities for folks who have organizing skill skillshare. So if you're in the organizing world, come and learn. If you are, if you work with government agencies, if you are a person who has uh, power inside schools, if you're an administrator, right, this is the space where you're going to hear directly from youth and youth allies and folks working directly within these groups um, on what kind of changes. And also like you get insight on what, what folks are going to be pushing for Right, Folks are um, and, and give everyone an opportunity to have one step up in understanding what what matters most amongst young people right now, and what are the demands, what are the changes that they they would like to see? Um, and yeah, everyone needs to be there.
0: I know that everything sounds so exciting, and um it's gonna be fantastic, but Tiff, what are you? excited about?
1: Oh, I'm ex- I'm excited for uh, young people to have a chance to network virtually across the country with one another. We're going to have dope chat space and networking space. Um, I'm excited to see the facilitation. Uh, when you see um, just really so some of the groups that we have lined up for our breakout sessions are the most powerful youth organizing voices I've seen in the country. And to, to have an opportunity to sit in and, and hear directly from them what we should be doing, that, that's making me really excited. Um, if you are someone who doubts young people, this is also the space to be uh, so you can see exactly how legit and, and amazing you know their work is and how much we have to learn from them.
0: Where can people find more information about the Our Present, Our Future Youth Summit? Where can they register or just find more information about it?
1: Yeah, where folks can log on to raceand.raceforward.org for more information, to get your tickets. We also have some videos up there for you to take a look at. um, And if you would like to be the first to know about any nuances, we encourage you to sign up for the Race Forward newsletter where we're making announcements um, every couple of weeks on other things dropping for that day.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? I
1: think that covers some of the logistical things. I think the only thing I would add is um, this time together is, is not only going to be um, informative, it is going to be fun. Um, but it's also a space to come in with uh, open mind. Right? Like it's a space to come in and, and understand that you might hear some things that make you uncomfortable, right? But one thing that we really pride in, in thinking about youth voices is the honesty, right? Is the transparency, is the straight upness that young people bring. Um, so just come prepared, right? Come prepared to, to learn, but also um, if you're someone who struggles to, to hear authentic feedback on how systemic, on how the system is treating people um, you know, just come with your, with your, um, learning hat on.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and thank you for being here with us. I really appreciated, uh, having this conversation with you, learning more about Race Forward, learning more about you, uh, in your story and how you started. But, We are so excited at DJ about this uh, youth summit happening on September 25th. Um, We can't wait. So thank you so much, T, for talking about it, giving us the resources where people can find more information. Um, And yeah, just thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. I am growing
1: a huge organizational crush on Generation Justice. Um, I'm, I'm... Sad that this project is coming to an end in the sense that I won't have a chance to speak and hang out with y'all all all of the time um, as much.
0: So we definitely need to
1: figure that out because y'all are bomb.
0: Thank you. We'll figure it out. Uh, We'll find a way to continue to hang out and work together. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. If you would like to learn more or register for the hashtag RaceEnd, our present, our future conference, you can visit raceforward.org. Again, that's raceforward.org. Our next song was selected by our wonderful guest, Teeth Joy. Here is Fight Like Ida B and Marsha P by Rick Wilson. Welcome back to Generation Justice, where tonight we feature Race Forward and the upcoming intergenerational conference, hashtag RaceAnd, our future. Momentum, a Race Forward podcast, features movement voices, stories, and strategies for racial justice. In this bonus episode, Race Forward's Hiba Elias speaks with our very own DJ Media Justice intern, Gianna Ramirez, who is part of the Race End organizing committee and has been attending planning meetings this summer to plan for the hashtag Race our present or future conference happening on Saturday, September 25th. Race and
2: Our Present, Our Future is a virtual one-day intergenerational conference taking place in partnership with the Funders Collaborative on Youth Organizing on Saturday, September 25th, 2021. We will center the powerful intersectional work of young people and youth leaders at the forefront of the movement towards racial justice. We have a very special guest with us today. Joining us is Gianna Ramirez, a 15-year-old leader and an intern at Generation Justice based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Gianna sits on our national host committee, who helps steer the planning of this event. Welcome, Gianna.
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Gianna Ramirez. I'm 15 years old, and I identify as Mexicana-Chicana. I am second-generation Mexican-American, and I am also mixed with Indigenous blood. I'm going to be a sophomore. I've been with Generation Justice for almost two years now. My role with Generation Justice is currently as a youth media justice intern. So I, along with the other interns, have spent a lot of time together this summer to do work surrounded by GJ's core values. We've done radio, we've done interviews, and a lot of social media work. I actually recently presented on critical race theory, and so I feel like overall, My role has really been to continue Generation Justice's decolonization and anti-racism work. I came into this work, I would say, from a really young age. Both of my parents are social workers, so I feel like I've just always been surrounded by their work and kind of always been aware of the issues facing my community. With that, I joined GJ two years ago. And I feel like it just really opened a whole new door for me. You know, the G.J. core values are youth leadership and empowerment, community, action, equity and multiculturalism and, of course, love. So I feel like my role has just been growing in each of those areas and becoming a stronger leader. Just as much as G.J. has had a role in my life, I've had a big role in G.J. And so that's I feel like we all have a role within our organization. I always catch myself when I ask that question, like
2: how you begin the work and to know that at 13, you know that you wanted to be involved within the movement is amazing. I'm thinking back to myself at 13. Like, where was I? Where was I? What was I doing? And why was I not this involved? So that's amazing to hear, Diana. What is the role of Generation Justice in the planning process? And what has the planning process been like for you?
3: Yeah, so Generation Justice is on the National Host Committee. and It's made up of youth organizing and advocacy groups from all around the country. I worked on planning the breakout sessions. And so within that process, there was a lot of open conversations and group decision-making. And so I feel like every person on the committee is just representing their organizations and their communities as much as we possibly can. I feel like because of that planning process and just the way it's gone, you know, no one's voice has went unheard. And I feel like we've all had a really open space to just share our ideas and the things we want to see within this conference. It was decided that GJ would be able to lead the media justice breakout session on September twenty fifth, And so once again, I feel like that planning process has just really allowed every single organization's work as well as the work at GJ of racial and media justice and decolonization to just flourish and really take a leadership role. I'm glad you mentioned your experience on the host committee because
2: a lot of people don't know that internally the conference and convening team does rely heavily on the community to make sure that we are addressing the topics. So you guys got a little bit of insight on how we operate internally at Race Forward when it comes to producing our events, when it comes to connecting with the community. So thank you, Gianna. Normally, Race Forward events have some great segments on their main stages throughout their conferences. What can people expect to see on the main stage
3: during this event? So the main stage is going to be really amazing this year. We will be joined by co-founder and co-executive director of the United States Youth Climate Strike, Isra Hirsi. She's going to be joining us as keynote speaker and panel moderator, and she's going to be there for a conversation on race and climate change and environmental justices. I feel like throughout the whole conference, people can really expect to see her strong leadership, and that's really going to be up and in the open on the main stage.
2: Yes, we're very excited to have Isra Hersey as our keynote speaker and panel moderator. She is a climate activist, a racial justice advocate, and is the daughter of the U.S. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. She's a shining example that young people of color are leading the transformation to a better world. A little bit of insight on how we actually select our keynotes. We actually do a share all between staff. But this time, we kind of did it a little internally with the core team, Tip Joy, who is co-leading this project with the phenomenal director of the conference and convenings, Leslie Grant, have put their heads together and literally put the asks out into the world. And Israel has kindly agreed to join us. We're excited to have these conversations and excited for you all to lead us through these conversations, right? It's not often that we have youth leading us in conversation, and I'm ready to take a back seat and be a student to all the youth participants that are joining us. You mentioned a bit about breakout sessions earlier. What are some of the breakout session discussions folks can expect?
3: Yeah, so in planning for the breakout sessions... There was a lot of discussion on the issues the committee felt our communities are really facing right now. And so those attending can be expecting history of youth organizing, a decision-maker teach-in, media justice 101, organizing skill shares, foster youth-led organizing, international racial justice intersections, and youth experiences in the 2020 uprisings. These multitude of breakout sessions was really chosen from all of our discussions and the things that The organizations on the committee vocalized were issues we needed to touch base on.
2: The breakout sessions were designed to have well-balanced programmatic content that allowed for inclusivity and prioritize innovative solutions rooted in the race and multi-multi approach. These workshops will provide attendees with practical tools that they can take back to their communities and utilize. What are you hoping to see at the conference? Why is it important for adults and youth to show up?
3: So I really hope to see a lot of youth attending. I think it's so important. For you to have an amazing space like this, like this conference to just collaborate and be able to share their ideas so freely. So I really want to see the young people come. But however, I also really hope to see young people and adult allies there, because sadly, these sort of spaces are somewhat rare, especially those in decision making positions like administrators, educators, and government institutions. I hope these adult allies will really spend the day learning about the important work youth are doing at the forefront of racial justice and social change. And so with that, directors should bring their staff and teachers should be bringing their students. And so really everyone who cares about this work or is involved in this work in some way should be there and should be at that conference. I'm really excited to see what comes about
2: from this conference. What are other aspects of the conference that attendees can participate
3: in or experience? So there's going to be an exhibit hall. And right now we're calling for vendors to be able to share the things they make or the things they're producing right now and really just be able to share it with everyone who attends. There's also going to be a wellness space. And overall, a ton of networking opportunities throughout the whole conference and then of course the main stage performances which are going to be really amazing so I'm really excited it's definitely going to bring
2: us full circle I'm really really excited to have you and the entire Generation Justice team join us thank you Gianna for taking the time to join us on the Momentum podcast today it's been a pleasure having you with us we're super excited to have you at the race and our present our future event on September 25th if you're listening and are interested in joining us, log into raceand.raceforward.org for more information on how to participate. You can follow Generation Justice on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it's Justice, Gen Justice, G E N Justice. On Instagram, it's Generation Justice. And their website is GenerationJustice.org. Join, Join us. us September 25th. Race
4: and our present, our future.
0: Diana, thank you so much for sharing your experience and giving us information about this great virtual conference. I also want to tell you that I'm very proud of you for doing an amazing job representing Generation Justice nationally. A special thank you to Hiba Elias and the production team at Momentum, a Race Forward podcast, for letting us share this special episode with all of you. To subscribe to Momentum Podcast, find them on Spotify at Momentum, column A Race Forward Podcast. Let's get back to music. Here is Fight the Power by Public Enemy.
1: Fight the Power!
3: Fight the Power! Fight the Power! Fight the Power! Fight the Power! Fight the
5: Power! Fight the Power! we got the power!
0: 17 year old dj media justice intern elisha cage is part of the hashtag and our and our future host committee an organizing committee made up of youth organizing and advocacy groups from all around the nation 13-year-old DJ Media Justice intern Sabiana Moya speaks with Elijah about how his experience has been this summer as part of the committee and why it's so important to have youth voices heard.
4: This is Saviana Moya with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with 17-year-old GJ member Elijah Cage. Welcome to Generation Justice.
5: Thank you, Savi.
4: Tell us more about yourself.
5: Oh, uh, oh, uh, well. As you introduced me, I am Elijah Cage. Uh, I'm 17 years old, a junior at La Cueva High School. Um, My pronouns are he, him and his, and I identify as black and Hispanic. Um, I've been with GJ for about three years as well. And no, I love GJ with all my heart.
4: So can you tell us about your experience this summer as being a part of the race and committee?
5: Yeah, you know, Race and has been very, um, very meaningful in some ways. I've never really been a part of a program such as Race and that gathers uh, a couple of organizations and puts them together as one. You know, that was really important to me. Uh, we're one community at Race and, and the work that they do is very inspiring, especially to young people. Uh, the lessons you learn. You know, I've only been there about two or three times uh, since this past summer, but, you know, each of those times was a great experience. And Race Sand is very, it's an amazing program.
4: I'm glad to hear you had a great experience. Why are you so excited about the Race and our present, our future summit?
5: The experience, uh, meeting new people, meeting other youth that do the same work that I do um with the same interest that I am in you know it's always it's a very important thing to me a very special thing as well to have other youth work in the same things that I do and to have the same love and commitment um for the things I have
4: yes I think that is very important as well so why do you think people should attend this youth summit
5: um, you know, just the same reason that I joined, you know, the experience that I got from it, especially as a youth, I learned a lot about who I am, what I want to do in life, you know, doing this type of work that ray Sand does, it makes you think about a lot of things such as, is this work that I'm doing important to me? Um, is it going to affect me in my future? You know, it changes your perspective on a lot of things that you don't even realize and I feel like that's an important thing, especially coming up, uh, about to be graduating from high school, you know, even for adults, you know, adults are still learning as much as we are, you know, and I feel like it's an important thing to learn about these particular things that are going on in the world. And I feel like Ray Sand is a good source for that. So I'm excited for this Youth Summit.
4: I totally agree with you. And I am excited to attend this Youth Summit as well. And why do you think youth voices are important?
5: Oh, I think youth voices are very important. Just due to the fact that we are the next generation, you know, everything that happens is about youth. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that youth are really taking over. You know, even us having this conversation right now. Uh, I feel like that's a very important thing because we're youth and people don't know what youth do. And we all have different mindsets and people really don't know that youth really experience things that other people, such as adults, don't go through. So I feel like youth voices help empower, they teach, and they just give other people such as adults or adult mentors, different perspectives on things such as racism or being a kid in school or just what a youth does in life.
4: Yes, I totally agree. And what are you looking forward to at the summit?
5: Just the the thought of being at the summit, you know, um, since I've been at Race Sand, the experience that I've gathered from it is is incredible. You know, the work that we've been trying to accomplish, the ideas that we've been doing as a group, I feel like that it'll be a really special thing. And, you know, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna be there. And it's always good to have people there that you don't know, but you could always learn from and meet. You know, like you never know who you're gonna meet. And I'm just I'm excited.
4: Yes, I'm also excited to attend. Is there anything else that you would like to add or you feel it's important to mention?
5: No, other than Race And is a good program to be in. You know, it teaches you a lot, and I'm happy that I had the opportunity to experience RaceAnd.
4: Thank you so much, Elijah, for talking with me about Race and, and their youth summit this September. For Generation
0: Justice, I'm Saviana Moya. Elisha, thank you so much for this meaningful interview. Thank you for opening your heart and talking about the importance of having young people's voices heard. If you would like to learn more or register for the hashtag RaceAnd, our present our future conference, you can visit RaceForward.org. Again, that's RaceForward.org. Now, let's listen to A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. It's been a
5: long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this hour of leadership. We'd like to thank our guests Tiff Joy from Race Forward and DJ Media Justice interns Diana Ramirez and Elisha Cage for sharing their experience and telling us more about the hashtag RaceEnd, our present and future conference. Thank you to hiba Elias and the production team at Momentum, a Race Forward podcast, for allowing us to share this special episode. If you would like to subscribe to Momentum, a Race Forward podcast, you can find them on Spotify at Momentum, column a Race Forward podcast. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael with production assistance from myself, Barbara Ramirez. And thank you to our amazing interviewer, 13-year-old Sabiana Moya. We want to give a big shout-out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We are also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the NEKC e. Casey Foundation and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night is En Favor de la Paz by Dame Pamatala. I am Bárbara Ramírez. Coming up on KUNM is spoken word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Have a great evening and remember to wear a mask and get vaccinated if you haven't. Alcemos la voz en un canto en favor de la paz con hambre y justicia no se puede encontrar.
1: Alcemos la voz en un canto en favor de la paz. Alcemos la voz en un canto en favor de la paz. Alcemos la voz en un canto en favor de la paz con hambre y justicia no se puede encontrar. Este es un canto para unificar. En una sola dirección, no es